there will be no real non-controlled currency in the world. Bitcoin is punk rock. Deal with it. You split, we bankrupt you. Do you use Lightning wallets to pay for things or not? No. Bitcoin Cash would be seen as more of a threat to the United States hegemony than Bitcoin. Miles, tell me, what's your favorite kind of money? Um, Bitcoin Cash. Hello and welcome back to the Bitcoin Cash podcast, following Bitcoin Cash on its rise to global reserve currency. This is episode number 51, 1,000 subscribers and mainstream inflation. Today is Thursday, the 23rd of June, 2022. I'm your host, Jeremy, and Jet is doing the producing and commentary as well today. I know we have some subscribers that like the no guest episodes, and it's been a while so we definitely need to catch up a few different things in the in the crypto ecosystem uh yeah so our first topic today is straight into it with a huge shout out to the community basically because uh ryan giffen at finnish crypto and a couple of other people just sort of took it upon themselves to hype the podcast because it was nearly at 1000 subscribers on youtube and it it got us over the line i think we've now got 1013 subscribers or or something like that and that's been a goal of mine for a a massive amount of time i actually uh set in february 26 2021 i when we were at 100 subscribers i set myself a goal to hit a thousand and so i set a, a screenshot of that as my phone lock screen background. So I've been looking at that now for uh, 14 months, basically, or uh, 16 months, no, 14 months. And uh, yeah, we, we hit it and it was just great to see that firstly to, to pass that milestone because it's pretty important on YouTube because uh, they that's when you can monetize your videos and not like a I think I am going to monetize my videos, but I don't want to spam the hell out of people. I don't really care about ads. Just use ad block. But uh, the monetizing is a big thing because then it means YouTube uh, spreads your videos around more because they can make money on ads. Whereas when you're a small channel and you don't have ads, they you know they, it doesn't matter as much to them, even if people are watching a lot of your content. So hopefully that should help help the channel to to grow a bit. But I was looking at the stats. And so in the last 28 days, we've got 2.2 thousand views on YouTube or 584 hours of the podcast watched, which is 20.85 hours. So I was just blown away looking at that because if I sat, if you and I sat in this chair and just talked about crypto nonstop 21 hours a day uh, and then had three hours sleep and then did it again all day, every day, that's, that's how big the channel is right now. You know, that's, that's amazing i thought yeah i mean it's weird because like there's i mean this is the i I listen to this crypto podcast obviously right i'm here all the time but aside from this i don't think i have the patience to listen to uh, a podcast so the fact that so many people are hopping on board is kind of nice i definitely appreciate it yeah it's it's been absolutely crazy and i mean the funny thing is as the as the podcast grows and this was sort of part of my strategy i guess in starting it is that the 
like we it's the same for us right we do that we do a two-hour show or whatever we make the slides we, we do the show we get a guest lined up and then that's it and then that scales from to whether we have one listener or 10 listeners or 100 listeners or hopefully eventually you know a million listeners right and that's that's kind of how the bitcoin cash community needs to attack things i think because we're one of the smaller crypto communities but even crypto is small in the world right so wherever possible we've got to be looking at things that we can asymmetrically win on pretty much and and obviously the internet is a huge proponent of things like that so that's been uh yeah it's just been incredible so the audio downloads are also at uh, all-time highs so we've had 739 downloads in the last 28 days as of yesterday which is more than 26 per day which again is just nuts because it's crazy for me to think I, if i if i go out to a crypto meetup or something i talk to you know four or five uh people or maybe you know different groups right and over a couple of hours you can only have you know five or six good conversations max uh and so 26 uh people every single day listening to this show thinking about bitcoin cash you know maybe getting inspired learning something new or finding a new opportunity somebody's on the podcast who they can reach out to and connect with or something it's just yeah i don't know it's 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 absolutely crazy it's and i said in the twitter Cohen uh, about this that it, it has changed my life and it has changed my life uh, just in the sense that it's it's we're on a mission here you know and now i'm not just sitting at work just getting through to the end of the day i actually like my job i actually have a pretty good job uh but even still i finish work and i'm like damn time for some time for some bitcoin cash podcast slides time for some more research of of what's going on and yeah it's really really focused me in a lot having a a goal and a, a target to to work on like the like the subscriber count right and i also want to say as well too for all the listeners that obviously i'm the most uh prominent uh or publicly known uh, part of it but jet also does a massive amount of work on on every single episode everyone knows that but i also want to give a shout out to the other contributors to the uh, podcast shant who does the bch clips channel uh louise who does the thumbnails for the youtube uh, and odyssey videos and everything like that omar who does the timestamps, and korg who's been working on some of the spanish uh, translations as well too huge shout out to them uh and yeah they they definitely should get their moment of of recognition too as well if you so if you listen to this uh show you know <laughs> they're 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 doing they're doing great work as well too so i guess teamwork makes the dream work and of course the guests right uh the show wouldn't be what it is although we do do no guest episodes sometimes and scatter them around but all the guests we have are, are fantastic and definitely i've seen people talking about one of the things they like about the show is that it's the variety that we have on you know sometimes it's merchant adopting uh people sometimes it's bitcoin ogs sometimes it's new people sometimes it's devs sometimes it's just casual fans sometimes it's even we've even had we would probably have a bit more of like crypto critics and stuff 
on hasn't been so much that maybe we can mix. I mean, it is the Bitcoin Cash show, so we're not going to just have somebody uh, talking shit on us every week. But uh, maybe we could have a bit more of that. Obviously, we've had some BDC maxis, had different people from uh, different coins, the community, you know, all, all kinds of things. So I, I definitely think we'll, we'll be maintaining that that mix uh, going forward because everybody everybody does seem to seem to enjoy that. And of course, now that we've hit a thousand, well, that was it. The next goal, ten thousand orders of uh, orders of ten, orders of magnitude. So, gonna be gonna be working hard to to hit that. It's kind of my idea that if we could get the podcast to a million subscribers, that BCH would pretty much start flipping the world at about that point. I think right because like Pomp right now, he's got a million subscribers. And he's shilling a coin that nobody even can pay anyone with, right? So we had a channel as big and as well-known as that, which represented genuinely a million people that were interested in Bitcoin Cash and maybe trading it and whatever. That's a, that's a bigger economy than like some countries, right? Yeah. So I think it would snowball from there pretty fast. So yeah, anyway, I guess, guess we'll see how we do about getting to that 10,000. took... 14 months to do 100 to 1000 so i don't know 14 months might be a little fast to get to 10000 but we'll we'll see how it goes so what is that all right that's the oh i don't know we have to add let's let's just get out the calculator we can just add it up here so we got to get nine that we got uh 14 months so let's just say on average 30 days in a month right so 30 times 14 is 420 days and obviously we've got to get 9,000 extra subscribers. What did I just say? 420. So <laughs> that's 21 subscribers a day. That's a lot. <laughs> that is a fucking lot. But well, we can make it. It's doable. Yeah. 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 On, on average, on average, right? Once you've already, the more, and that's the thing about any of these things, it's exponential, right? The more people you have subscribing and listening. And I've always also thinking too, like spotify and all these different podcast apps as the podcast grows it will get recommended to more people and it will also just show up more if people's searching bitcoin cash or surely if there's a point where you can get big, big enough we're probably a long way from this but where if you just search bitcoin it yeah. comes up in the top th- three or five results or whatever then that you would just start passively just drawing in so many people what's this all about Right, maybe they listen to some of the show and they just think, "Oh yeah, this is sick." All right, that's the good news. The bad news is, Coinflex have just published an emergency announcement. So I'm going to read what they posted just a couple minutes before this show went live. "Quote, dear Coinflex community, due to extreme market conditions last week and continued uncertainty involving a counterparty." Today, we are announcing that we are pausing all withdrawals. We fully expect to resume withdrawals in a better position as soon as possible. We will fully communicate with you as we find out more. We will also be halting all flex coin, like flex uh, coin trading in perps and spot in the short term. To confirm, the counterparty is not Three Arrows Capital or any lending firm. We are confident that this situation can be repaired fully with a restoration of all functionality functionality namely withdrawals timeline next update june 27th 2022 so in four days estimated time for withdrawals 
June 30th, 2022. Please note that these dates are estimates based on our current understanding of the situation. We'll give more clarity on the details and updates to the situation as soon as possible. Mark Lamb, CEO, end quote. So, I mean, this is, you hate to see it, right? This is never, ever uh, good news. But obviously, crypto has been in a bad spot with things melting down left, right, and center. You had Luna going bust. Um, you had Celsius basically rugging everyone. You've now had um, Three Arrows Capital. They're pretty much done with whatever speculating they were doing. All kinds of people. Uh, Tether has been re- redeeming more and more money. They haven't announced any problems yet, but it's only a matter of time. And you just you hate to see Coinflex joining that that list, right? The the ne- the the pessimistic take is holy shit, it's all over. Coinflex is finished. Uh, they're just the next ones to go bust. I I am not I'm not that pessimistic. I mean, Mark Lamb's been a pretty trustworthy guy and i mean that's what everyone would say in one of these situations but more so than a lot of these other shady operators uh at least in in my mind he's a well-known guy he's been around for a long time and he's run the exchange very competently uh, at least up until this point so i don't think everybody needs to get out of the pitchforks uh immediately that so that i guess the optimistic take is yeah i mean he's provided a timeline when we're going to get an update he said it's not three arrows capital or any lending firm and it seems like the smart bch the bch locked for the smart bch bridge which is the sort of complicating factor as well in the specific case of, of coinflex for the bch community i mean that they're all there right the address is known with the with the coins and uh i'm looking at it right now 101,382.3002684 bch still sitting there it's all good the money is uh, fine as long as they have access to that address which presumably they do it hasn't hasn't moved anywhere or let's say it was last moved march the 13th so that was when they did the last burn, I think, as well. So there's no like cause for alarm there. Um, so yeah, that's kind of the optimistic take. But as always, a reminder to the listeners, not your keys, not your coins. If you've got any coins on any exchange, no matter how reputable or how reliable you think they are, if you're not using them at that very second to trade or buy or whatever, you just got to take them off because you never know who's going to be next, especially under these kind of, uh, you know, bear market uh, conditions and the possible knock-on effects of one thing going bust and then they owed money to some other big player who owes it to this other player and that other player. And before you know it, here we are. What, what do you think, Jet? So in this situation, like everyone at CoinFlex is pretty known, right? So... uh entertaining the idea that they're insolvent which i don't think is the case wouldn't they be liable like as a user we really don't have that many or that much reason to be concerned because you know xyz like main figures are known and uh, active in the united states and so this is what the court systems are for i mean it kind of like i went to uh, do a smart bch to bch transfer earlier today and I realized there was no liquidity anywhere to do that. And I was like, oh, that kind of sucks. But I'm not, like, nervous about it, so. 
Yeah, I mean, I I certainly would be surprised if, I mean, whatever issues there are, I can more easily see someone like Mark Lamb being like, okay, we've got all the smart BCH, BCH, so we're giving that back to everyone. And then, you know, if there's other problems or issues, okay, whoever is taking like a haircut on that or we're selling off some assets or whatever we're doing, you know, I can see him sort of taking a loss or working out how to how to make things kind of right and not just being like, well, we've got all the money to see you guys. We've switched the website off and like, that's it, right? Uh, which happens in some of these other cases. I don't know. Actually, have Celsius re-enabled withdrawals? They haven't, right? I have no it's idea. Still, well, that and that's, I mean, I think that's one of the biggest uh, points about this that obviously Mark knows is he's given a hard timeline that, okay, next update will be four days. And the timeline for withdrawals is June 30th. In, in That's in a week, right? So, I mean, the real question is who who do they owe the money to or who do they need? Who's the counterparty? Who are they trying to get the funds off? Like the, the Flex USD that they do is with USDC. So that's potentially... Um, with Coinbase and Circle and all them, I can't really imagine that being the shaky part of the system. There's much bigger issues, probably if 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 it's them. I, I don't know. I don't. I don't really know behind the scenes who are they, because again, they, Coinflex is less sketchy, so I'm less worried that they're roped into all the other shenanigans, like with Tether or with. Uh, three arrows capital or or whoever I, I don't think it's any of those people but clearly somebody that like owed them some money or something <laughs> was maybe by a, another degree of um separation you know like maybe they're they're owed some money by somebody who is owed some money by somebody who is now wrecked with all the all the money i, I don't know i don't know well, I guess we'll just have to have to wait and see. But uh, yeah, just to iterate again, not your keys, not your coins. There's no bailouts in crypto and the blockchain never forgets. So at the end of the day, if you've got your, key, your coins, you're, you're going to be fine. And if you don't, well, you've got no promises really. Um, but we'll wait to see more. And truly, I wish, I wish the best for this scenario because it would be a uh, big big blow to the bch ecosystem if uh the smart bch bridge um you know had any problems or if the uh coinflex itself and their ecosystem uh, ran into issues either well this all right well, yeah go it's, on it's a good opportunity to highlight the importance of things like shawgate right like uh although i did see something recently about smart bch changing i don't i didn't look too deeply into it um, well, I think we're, yeah, I mean, what, that sort of remains to be seen as well, too, is they kind of the original plan was to have 50% of the fees burn and 50% go to the validators and the validators were the miners, which to me made perfect sense. And that seemed like such a cool idea and everything. But the, uh, the change of plan was then that they allowed some staking in order that you could get kind of a stable token on smart BCH which they said was to do with 
we they they didn't get as much uptake from the miners as they thought initially i think was part of the problem but i don't know maybe just the miners just weren't aware or like it seemed weird to me that they would then switch it up and go for this proof of stake hybrid staking system uh but you know on the other hand they've been the ones running the system and observing it and if they think that's a better direction sort of got to got to trust their instinct because we're not really in a position where anybody else is going to come even though the code is all open source and it's true that somebody else if they thought they had a better right handle of oh the miners need this incentive or that incentive they could just fork everything and do it but that's a mammoth task and not like it's bch is already a small enough ecosystem you're not going to get anybody especially with that amount of very very deep knowledge come in and and do a different version so i don't know i don't i don't really know what they're up to i'm not even sure i mean like regardless of shawgate even if we just had other exchanges step up to fill the centralized entity of this like can we just get more ramps because this is certainly a choking point and uh you know it's going to leave a bad taste in people's mouths yeah for sure i mean when it comes to other exchanges well that's kind of the question is it it's a pick your poison type of scenario because so far it's been all in on coinflex which is obviously not ideal and people thought okay but on the other hand coinflex has been pretty reliable so maybe it's better to have all your eggs in a reliable basket as ridiculous as that sounds than having look if 20 percent of it was in binance and 20 percent of it was in kraken and 20 percent of it was somewhere else and then those exchanges started having problems because they gambled it all on lunar or something then then you might be up in shit creek in a different way right I so what you're saying yeah i mean the at the end of the day yeah we want to have 100 percent of the coins there and i guess the decentralized bridge is the is the ultimate um solution you know but it sort of remains to be seen yet whether that's going to get delivered i mean the timeline for that was uh august or september so there's still still plenty of time before we're looking to get an update on that uh but yeah it's it, it was all it was all good on coinflex until apparently it's now not so i don't know i don't know what does this mean is more bch going to be dumped into the market for uh, us well i don't know i assume not obviously it's not a great sign for the ecosystem overall but i can't see them selling off any bch they do have that doesn't really make any sense especially as it sounds more like they're in the position where they are owed money rather than they owe someone money and they can't pay them off like if coinflex owes someone else money then maybe they would they would be in the opposite position right they would be more likely to be <laughs> deposit all your money with us and then to try to try to kind of keep the scam going but if it's in there the position where they're like well we have loads of um not liability we have loads of credits you know we have loads of people that owe us money and we're asking them to pay us and they're not doing it that yeah that seems kind of more likely the the situation so if they've paused withdrawals it's likely they don't have the bch to sell off speaking of which somebody was posting about on reddit they found these uh huge buy walls of 10k bch that somebody was putting in at 115 
dollars USD on loads of exchanges. They had like five or six exchanges screenshots of just there's usually the buy and the sells are, are roughly equal, right? And then they tail off uh, in liquidity as it gets further away from the current market price. But instead, somebody just had this huge 10,000 uh, BCH worth of buys sitting on all these exchanges but they weren't moving it up or, or whatever. And just anybody, you basically couldn't sell BCH below that that price, but there was also not a lot of sellers. So they, they couldn't just buy because otherwise they would have rocketed the price up. So it's really remained to be seen what was going on there too. There was not really a good explanation for that either. Would it even be smart if there was like, I was thinking like, what would be the incentive? And maybe it's some kind of defensive trading, but then someone has the opportunity to liquidate on you, right? Or, or like, do you well, like? Well, what I figured it was was, if you want to buy a huge amount of BCH, which you should probably be trying to do off the public markets in the first place, if you are trying to buy a hundred million or whatever. You probably want to get in the whale circles and be talking to the big miners and whoever and figuring that out. But if you wanted to do it on the public markets, well, usually the way a lot of the exchanges work is there's like the maker and the taker side of the trade, right? So if you put in a buy order and then somebody sells into your order, then the seller pays the fee and the buyer gets kind of rewarded because they were providing liquidity to the exchange sitting there their money there and just waiting hoping that somebody would sell into them right and the same selling if you put a sell order and then somebody sells into you it's the person selling into you who so basically if you're trading if you're market trading if you're yeah market buying or market selling then you're paying extra fees whereas if you're limit buying or selling you're getting it for free basically because uh, instead you're putting up the opportunity cost of that capital so in that scenario, if you were going to buy buying a hundred million, it kind of makes sense to me that maybe those fees really, really add up, and you're also at risk of heavily moving the markets uh, by by doing big big buys or sells. But I guess you could just split it up into smaller chunks and do it a chunk at a time. Putting this huge buys in, I don't I don't know. Didn't really make didn't really make a lot of sense to me but do you think it's noise or do you think it's a legitimate signal because it, it appears at surface value to be a legitimate signal because of the cost yeah well i guess if you've got that kind of money to be yeah putting up these huge buys but i the analysis wasn't very detailed either though that i read on it was kind of like look here's these buy walls but it wasn't really explained how long were they there for there was kind of screenshots of the five exchanges, but does that was it all five at once, or was it okay? They had it on one exchange and then they moved it over to another one and another one and another one, complete. Or they, you know, there was a one day break between them, or they had two that they were bouncing back and forth. There's so many unanswered questions uh, about that. So yeah, really, really hard to see. I, di- I didn't see anybody who had a convincing answer in the in the Reddit analysis. Some some people had this theory that one of the top uh wallets on bch had basically it's um amount of bch had just plummeted down uh kind of recently or something and they had the theory that somebody had borrowed money from whoever that was and was trying to short bch on on some of these exchanges but basically wasn't working uh yeah i don't, I don't know, even know if that really makes sense so yeah nothing 
I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> it remains to be seen, but we haven't seen a huge uh, change in the BCH price, which is the next thing anyway. I've put on the slide, collapsing bear market levels out temporarily. So BCH is 115 US dollars. One BC buys 176 BCH, same uh, ratio as last episode. Wait, wait, wait. But, hold on a second. What was the floor yeah. that you said the price? Uh, was well, it was like 115. That's right. It was this about is this price. I need it to be like $99. I'm trying to win a bet here. <laughs> What's your bet? Uh, Max, um, oh, I feel bad. Because anyway, uh, Max and I had a bet a while ago where it was like, um, we would dip below 115 for 0.05 BCH, won that. And then he's like, how about this? In one month's time, if it dips below $100, we'll do another 0.05. And if if it does dip, okay. I win that. If it doesn't, he wins. He gets his money back. Uh, so or maybe it's him. Maybe he's found <laughs> scrounge around, found his spare $100 million And he's like, look, let me just put firewalls on all the exchanges to, to make sure I don't lose that bet. We were we were talking to this is kind of tangential, but uh, this is definitely one of those someone uh, command type situations where I think it'd be awesome to have a website betting on the price of cryptocurrency. And I know that's just isn't like, that every exchange? <laughs> what? <laughs> well, yeah, but it's 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 like so. Imagine this is like stupid second layer gambling on gambling, but like okay. You can put up BCH yeah. and say, like, within X amount of time, BCH will either pass this price point or drop below this price point, and they'll have pools on either side. It's just, like, puts or uh, options or whatever the hell it is. Yeah. So, like, yeah, and then each side has a I pool. think you're just describing the financial yeah, markets. Yeah. If you, wa- if you yeah. want to make that bet, if you, let's say, right, the price now is 115 if you think it's going to go down to under 100 in the next month, you can go on any exchange. You can borrow the BCH. You can short it. You just sell it. You take your USD. Uh, you sit on it for one month. And if the price goes down under 100, you put in a market buy order. You buy back. And then you've obviously profited the difference. And then you hand them back the, the BCH and your things. That's exactly what that option is available for you. At wanted... any time, in any uh, quantity, up to billions of dollars on any exchange. No, I, wanted... I understand it's not simplified like that. Yeah, I want it. I want this to be in zero con or not um, uh, non-custodial escrows with like, yeah. you know, that whole trustless situation, and you don't have to deal with a. Well, you kind of have to deal with a third party, but it's not necessarily a person. Like that part would uh-huh. be audited and all that shit. So. Well, I think that stuff is coming. I mean, we've talked about any hedge a bunch on this show before. That's essentially yeah. what that is, as well as like predictions markets, uh, which is, again, a little bit more speculative. We're talking probably a couple of years away. We probably need one more hard fork upgrade to get a bit more of the beef into the programming uh, power. And then after that, time for people to actually build and develop these these solutions but that's the idea right the predictions market you could do something like that yeah will whoever win the 2024 elections will the price of x be higher or lower than this by this date you know would be no problem as well too right so 
do the it's coming soon <laughs> 18 months i think i might have mentioned this on a on a, a much earlier podcast episode but like when i very like my first couple months into cryptocurrency uh there was like a bet in a facebook group on when uh john mccain would die and uh john john mcavey or john no no john, oh, mccain. john mccain yeah oh yeah <laughs> Is he dead now? I, I honestly don't know. It's probably pretty disrespectful, yeah. but uh, oh yeah, oh, it was okay. it was very. But he's also it was a close thing. Okay, <laughs> he he's also like a very pro war. Um, um, he's got a daughter who's still like maybe I I'm pretty sure I have the name right. Anyway, this isn't important. Um, more of those bets where everyone's just pooling cryptocurrency rather than like dealing with the ins and outs of fiat it's just like you have a pool and you have your bets without any of the traditional like the one of the benefits of the censorship resistance is that you can make bets on stupid things like yeah yeah now with a global audience at low friction as well too which is pretty cool yeah now this does get down a dark road when you have like very wealthy people doing it because it is essentially like a hit on someone right like yeah so that can get that'd be a good movie idea, but let's leave it at that. Don't bring it into the real world. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. About the about the price though, things <laughs> have sort of leveled off a bit overall in crypto. At the end of last episode, the last episode we were talking about, it, it's all melting down. It's all getting wrecked. Well, the slide has stopped at least in the short term. Uh, for the last week or so, it's been kind of cruising sideways and my complete speculative guess is that it might continue like that for a while longer we did get i do think we'll still be sort of bearish in the medium the medium term but it seems at least that the the markets haven't got that far into spare yet right I, i haven't seen well obviously we're seeing more problems like with coinflex for instance so the ripples of the price crashing are reverberating around the reverberating around the the crypto ecosystem but on the other hand it isn't really like people are completely finished it's it doesn't feel like capitulation to me is what i'm trying to say yeah i don't think so either do you think we'll drop below a hundred dollars in the next like three weeks though in the next three weeks maybe not in the next two months or three months probably complete guess but (laughs) no i don't trust me i've i've got enough (laughs) you're you're an addict mate you need some help what's going on (laughs) i'm bored (laughs) you're bored all right well i don't know find a find a find a gamblers anonymous go along to that i'm not on any exchanges this is how i earn my bch now Well, if anybody wants to gamble with Jet about the about the price of BCH, you you know you know where to find him. Send him a Twitter send him a Twitter DM. Uh, I recuse all full responsibility for any activity that goes on in that regard. You caveat emptor. Um, but also, it's a free market, so do whatever you want. <laughs> all right, <laughs> we got the transactions. Uh, still steady-ish at about about 40k, 42k. You're getting bored about the about the markets. Well, I'm getting a bit bored about these transactions. What? When are we gonna see 
some of these apps come out that's just i've been i've been pretty patient the last six months 12 months yet people are working on apps and i know they are right obviously kim.com hyped his stuff failed to deliver it kind of hyped it again we've had various people on the show oh there's stuff going on in the background there's this app there's that app it's going to be sick where are they come on guys let's get some teasers rolling or let's get some beta versions out or let's just let's let's see something i'm it's kind of weird that we get these spikes every once in a while with people testing things and yet the actual announcements or you know whatever is is just is is kind of missing right is it is that this is a bit of a noticeable void right yeah for sure and also just we have test chains like I know. Yeah. Okay. There's Maybe argument. people are on the test chain. Well, no, 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 no. I'm saying like, why are we testing on the main chain? And I know there's argument as to why we would test on the main chain, but like, we're just like, this is like a, a little tease, and I don't like it. Where are the apps? <laughs> it's like uh, yeah, that developers thing for Microsoft, but it's we need apps. <laughs> developers, developers, developers. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I mean, obviously, it's not, it's not me. I'm not rolling out any any apps or anything so i can't be too harsh about where where is everybody's apps but it just feels like it could be a cool time to to release because when we get people on the show right they're talking about okay we're gonna have this or that app coming out it sounds great i'm always partially skeptical and the reason is because engineers can spend a lot of time and build something that nobody really wants thinking it's the bee's knees and then by the time you've got it all perfect well either you don't and it just sort of wanders away into nothing or you finally get it all perfect. You do a grand release and it turns out people are just kind of a bit lukewarm on it. You kind of want to do the opposite. You want to release something that barely works and is a complete piece of crap. But if people are still loving it and all is just jumping in there, this is amazing. Then that's a good problem to have. You know, you've hit on something good. Like the first episode of this podcast freaking sucked. It was terrible, but it still already people were like there's something here and then that's how you know to keep going with it the worst is you spend a year or two making something and then at the end seems like nobody really maybe people are doing internal testing maybe but the ultimate test is just the the free market so i would yeah i would love to see more of that okay and next thing as well too then was we've got the sent in usd which has spiked supporting capitulation so I, i'm was very glad to see this because on the last episode i was pointing out that this hadn't spiked and that's how i knew that we were still in for some more pain and of course we were in for some more pain now it has now it has spiked so i, I want to clarify that i don't think this is not the smoking gun that okay that's it we're over we're not going any any lower but you do need to see this uh rise in sent uh, in usd is the chain and people start sending their money around everywhere it wasn't quite i guess there was this other all-time high but in the last year am i reading this right january no not even in the last year uh it was like a local peak of nearly 200 billion sent in btc uh and bch has actually been fluctuating a good amount too you just can't see it unless we have it on the the log scale but clearly uh as people are melting down three arrows capital is going bust michael saylor is getting a little bit nervous as these things are going on well a lot of 
Bitcoin got moved around. Uh, so that's that could be one one signal that okay, maybe we're not necessarily at the absolute bottom, but we are we are getting a bit closer. Uh, because if the cent in USD was not spiking up, if people weren't getting a bit frenzied, then you know there's still further further to fall, basically. Um, so yeah, it was kind of good to see that 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 confirmatory signal was there that the market is realizing that we're we're in bad shape at the moment. Okay, on to the actual news, and this is not even a crypto news story, although it's also always a crypto news story, which is that inflation is dominating mainstream news, right? So in the UK right now, inflation, official inflation or whatever is over 9%. Rishi Sunak, who is the finance bigwig, the chancellor of the Exchequer, he said that he has it all under control and it's fine. Of course he doesn't. That's a complete lie, but uh, that's what he's out there, out there saying. Uh, and the all the trains are shut down. There's been national rail strikes, which have been prompted basically by cost of living problems and pay increases. So the rail workers want to get paid more because they can see that their cost of living is going up and they're getting squeezed really hard. And so they've organized this strike and that's caused uh, a bunch of uh, problems. And then you have... At the same time, I've got a headline here from Bloomberg UK. Brexit's legacy is hotter UK inflation risk for years ahead. And Brexit is a key reason why investors are still avoiding the UK. This is nonsense. Like everything is going to get blamed for inflation besides the government just printing out money, right? The one <laughs> real reason is is going to be nowhere to be found. It's going to be like, where's Wally? It's not going to be there. But every other possible angle is going to get blamed. And the White House, we're also trying to get in on it. So in the US, this same problem is happening. And of course, they've got their own uh, culprit that they're trying to blame. So we've got a, a tweet here from the White House with the biggest single driver of inflation being Putin's war against Ukraine. At POTUS has taken action to blunt the impact of Putin of Putin's price hike for families. So Vladimir is getting blamed in the US. Uh, Brexit and, and uh, the rail workers are getting, well, the rail workers are the ones feeling the brunt of it, but Brexit is getting blamed in the UK. Everyone is getting blamed except for the source of the actual problem. And it seems to me like people people are going to wake up, right? The, there's, you, can, you can fool some of the people some of the time, right? You can't fool all the people all the time. And as people end up in more and more desperate economic straits eventually they see through the the lies by the government that it's not that the government is trying to fix us all from this big scary problem it's that the government is the problem eventually they get the message right so i i don't know if we're super close to that but certainly the fact is everyone in the in the world seems to be aware of inflation you can just maybe the average person is not the biggest bitcoin fanatic just yet but if you talk to them inflation they're they're aware about it right yeah for sure can you elaborate on like do you understand this putin's price hike bullshit like what i don't understand what that has to do cuz we saw the inflation before the us even got involved right or at least like publicly involved 
Uh, it's just like mainstream now. Yeah, well, it's just it's uh, obviously it's, it's not. Uh, well, it's not a, a a complete lie in the sense that probably the situation in Ukraine and disruptions to the economy because of Russia being more sort of protectionist and less willing to trade with everyone else and all this money and uh, attention going on to fighting in Ukraine. Okay, that probably has some effect in inflation, but in the grand scheme of things, it's a drop in the bucket, but it's just a convenient thing to to blame it on, I think, which is, okay, apparently Russia are the bad guys and apparently them... Uh, you know, their oil markets are the cause of rising costs in the US. And that's not really the case at all because there's a million other factors that are involved. It's not it's not like Russia has the up and down switch on the US economy that they could just, okay, because if they could just switch off the US economy or wreck them, they, they, would, they would do it. They would have done it <laughs> tons of times in the past. It's not some new thing that they've magically acquired. It's just the US government has to, they have to blame someone. They can't say, oh, guys, we've printed trillions and trillions and trillions of dollars uh, in an unsustainable fractional reserve fiat-based system and it's now all starting to blow up and you're paying the price. They can't, they can't come out and say that. So they've got to have some excuse. And it seems like Putin's the, the bad guy of the day, right? So I yeah. wonder what the prevailing Canadian narrative is, because like as soon as as soon as the disruptions were mentioned, I'm like, okay, well, we already produce our own oil and the rest of our oil comes from like Saudi Arabia. So I don't think we're dealing with Russia for that. And then I was, okay, so what does Russia and Ukraine export primarily? Wheat, right? Wheat, yeah. Well, Canada also produces 12% of the world's wheat. So what in the hell? Why are my grocery prices going up? Anti-vaxxers, mate. Yeah. <laughs> they're yeah. going to get they <laughs> They're going to be the bad guy. All these, the, I don't know. Domestic terrorists. <laughs> Yeah, well, if the domestic terrorists are blowing up stuff, <laughs> if they're blocading the center of uh, have you the city or whatever, <laughs> have, have you I seen? Don't I don't know. This is like maybe edging around uh, conspiracy ter- territory, but have you seen? Uh, there's a bunch of farms and agricultural places in the U.S. that are all just strangely burning down. I've I've been hearing about this. I've heard a couple of people reference this, but I haven't looked at it, into it myself, so I don't know. Yeah, I'll send what you the, is. the link later. It's interesting okay. that that hasn't been brought up at all, though. Yeah, well, of course it wouldn't be. <laughs> I mean, well, we're gonna. The thing is, places burning down or not, with those kind of things, I often feel like okay, maybe there's a scenario where a couple of places did burn down over the last 10 years and somebody's just stitched together a montage of this is like 80 in of the past it's... four years or some shit like that is that confirmed though like what here let me all right we're, we're go gonna ahead. have to we're gonna have to I'll look into this, this so. yeah okay well whoever <laughs> somebody with better research skills than me but what one thing i just want to hit on with this uh before we move off the whole inflation story though is that people should be obviously listening to this show are obviously quite well aware of it it's been a theme 
and uh, you can at least know that okay the government's just printing tons of money and that's why that's why it's a disaster it's not putin it's not uh brexit it's not uh the rail workers the bad guys or the whoever gets blamed by the government <laughs> that's nothing to do with it well not nothing to do with it but it's uh downstream effects right it's the secondary causes the the this that's the symptoms maybe but the cause of the disease is the government just printing money uh, but this this is a good thing to do if you're trying to talk to people about crypto this is often how i explain it if i'm talking to people and i have to tell them something about crypto they're asking about crypto i usually start with okay so you know there's inflation right the price of goods and services is is going up and people always start that saying yeah that yeah i know about that i've seen that happen here and here and and now it's very very uh pertinent on people's mind but even before that you could still say oh well you know back when your grandmother went to the cinemas it cost her 20 cents and now it costs you 20 dollars, right people are familiar with that concept so you start with that and you say well the reason for that is because there's a supply and demand and the government prints more supply they print more and more money but they're the ones who get the money first so your money is devaluing and so is theirs but they're able to just top it up with fresh money all the time and that's uh, basically stealing away the money that you've worked hard to earn. And if you're in a good financial position, you have assets and whatever other stuff that protects you from it. But if you're just a regular person, or even if you're quite a regular person, but you're quite financially savvy and stuff, you're still just getting constantly wrecked by this stuff. And then you say, okay, so then that's why there was kind of the idea of we needed a inflation-resistant form of money which was Bitcoin. And then you say about, okay, that was invented by Satoshi. And then you explain, okay, scarcity is one of the properties of money, but you also need fungibility and durability and portability, divisibility, recognizability. Uh, and you explain a bit about that. And then you kind of get on to, yeah. And then in 2017, it split into two because half of the community wanted to turn into uh, inflate uh, investment uh, captured by the banks, which is exactly what happened. And everybody also understands that too, because a lot of them are like, yeah, I've heard of Bitcoin. They might even own some Bitcoin, but they can also logically see, look, people around me on the street are not trading Bitcoin. It's not happening. So, and then you say, well, that was the original version and that was what Bitcoin Cash is now. And then you send them a dollar, get them to download an app, send them a pound, a dollar, 50 cents, whatever it is. And then bam, there you go. That's that's the whole, that's usually how I explain it anyway. So that's a, a, a tactic people can try if they in this situation of needing to explain crypto but usually you kind of got to start at the start with inflation then bitcoin then the split with bitcoin cash or at least that's what's been effective for me real quick on the farm thing i found uh some of it is cited here some of it is not also a lot of it doesn't seem to be fires the first so this is uh since uh, January 11th of 2021, or maybe that was just the first incident up until now. Um, the first year, 2021, is all fires. There's only 10 instances, though. Um, the other 87 instances are in 2022. A lot of them are just like, like um, on March 4th, for example. There are about 
800,000, 900,000 chickens that were destroyed. It doesn't give any details about what they did to them. But, yeah. uh, In Missouri and Ireland, just separated apart. So, yeah, there's a lot of farms that have been going through a bunch of different issues, but not all of them are fires. But, yeah, 87 instances in 2022 of, like, hundreds of thousands of cattle or, in some cases, full farms burning down. Well, I've been seeing that one that has been going around on social media with all these dead cows basically by the side of the road. But again, that to me, it seems hard. Who, you know, there's just very little verification of that that stuff. Like that footage could be five years old because of some completely unrelated thing, and just now it's the shocking clip that people are circulating around to add to this narrative. So I don't know. I mean, I'm definitely open minded or willing to hear. A strong case for any of this stuff but yeah i certainly haven't looked into it so i can't really speak to it on this show yeah i saw something um, that was some of it where it was like you know we lost uh, pigs to COVID or something and in that case they were composting them it wasn't even close to thousands right but yeah but yeah the it's the hundreds of thousands that i'm like what in the hell well, yeah, I don't, I, I don't know. I don't know any farmers. That's that's the oh. real issue. I need, I need to know. We need the contact. We need somebody on this show. We just had Nick talking about logistics. We need somebody who's in agriculture. Yeah. If you work in agriculture, reach out to me on the show. Let's get, let's get your take on this, because that's 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 the other part. Of, that's the supply chains. So the trucks are apparently going to be fine. What about the actual food? Let's 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 hear about that because if we're all starving, then then we're then we're really up shit creek, you know. <laughs> so this is inflation. The causes of that all lies. Twitch ads, that's a lie. The affiliate program, complete lie. And according to the media, crypto is dead again. Also a lie. Uh, we've got the Wall Street Journal said the crypto party is over. The cryptocurrency industry was built on swagger, enthusiasm, and optimism. All three are in short supply these days as losses and layoffs mount. So, I mean, that it is accurate that uh, crypto is in a rough spot and maybe from the outside in a bull market, everybody's like, oh, you idiots, we were right all along. And then when the price is going down, it, the, the kind of the accusations reverse. But to say it's over is complete nonsense. I don't know how many times do people have to hear that it's, that it's over before they realize it's never over <laughs> it's been over because i can understand that when it was over in 2013 most people didn't even hear that it was over and then in 2016 2017 a lot of people still didn't hear that it was over but a lot of people did hear that it was over and now it's 2021 or 20 in 2021 there was more hype about it's over when the price was crashing after the all-time high and now we're here in 2022 it's over again it's always apparently over until three years later when they're writing the next round of how it's over. Eventually, people just understand that this stuff is fud, right? Well, it probably like makes the market kind of uh, self-perpetuating, I think. Like, oh, the party's over. That fud goes to like normies and they sell out a little bit and then the whales come <laughs> in and buy the dip and then, oh, the party's back on, guys. You're missing out. And the normies come back. It's... You know, buy high, sell low. Yeah. I got the other the other article that I have linked here of this trend is cryptocurrency is a symptom of the death of the American dream. 
the collapse in social mobility is facilitating an age of shortcuts enter bitcoin by james bloodworth and i just thought come on what's going on it's it's the same as the inflation stuff right it's the exact opposite of the problem is getting called out as the problem is getting blamed right that the problem yes there is a problem that these days people feel like they have low social mobility they're trapped and they're locked out of the ultra rich class or whatever and this guy was writing his articles saying oh the people who were in bitcoin early made millions and now they've been showing it off and laughing at everyone so they aren't for the common people or or whatever which is completely flipped about because the whole point of bitcoin is that or it should have been definitely is it is for the grassroots and it is for people and you can just buy in and it is an organic grassroots movement at least in spirit um but trying to say people in Bitcoin are trying to take the shortcuts to success. No, mate, it's the opposite. You're trying to take the long cut to success, which is you're going to have to deal with a decade of the media telling you it's over every five minutes. How is that a shortcut? <laughs> like, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense. Well, maybe they're that uh, low end of the bell curve that we saw the other day where it's just like, <laughs> just invest a number go up. And that's, I think, like... Just put the money in, do no work, number go up, am rich. Well, yeah, there's certainly there's certainly an amount of that. There's certainly people who are just putting all their dosh into crypto and expecting to be a millionaire in six months, which it's not going to work. It's never worked. Even in crypto, that has never worked. Uh, at the very least, you had to be in for a few years and get through a bubble cycle or two I'm to sure. kind of make some good gains. I'm pretty sure this time last year I had people asking me about Dogecoin and how to how to get in because they were going to get rich from it. And I advised against it and they still went in. And then now it's down like 80% just like everything else. So <laughs> you can't you can't save you can't save them. <laughs> you can't save them. All right, crypto is crypto is dead again according to the media. But it's not it's it's not dead. But uh the next one which I do want to talk about is it's it's not dead, but it I think it is changing, right? So on the next slide, I've got said BTC and ETH dominance hasn't recovered. So I'm super interested in these um, charts because as much as everyone can say, okay, crypto is manipulated, fiat is manipulated, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. The actual spread of what cryptos are uh, bigger or smaller proportionally to each other certainly does kind of even things out a bit because everything is affected to to some degree in the same way by these uh macro moves right so at the moment bitcoin btc is just barely more than 43 percent of the crypto markets which is not all-time lows which was like 33 percent but it's very it's quite low and typically when crypto goes into a bear market and everything uh, collapses, more of the money flows from the smaller coins back into Bitcoin because it's perceived as the safe hedge. And at least in the past, maybe less now, but in the past, you usually you the you couldn't trade a lot of the coins against fiat currencies or against stable coins either. So you would have to sell your ones into Bitcoin and then from Bitcoin into your US dollars or into your um 
you know, Australian dollars or into your bank account or whatever. So as a result, all that traffic flowing back through would kind of push up uh, Bitcoin. And, uh, and as the bear market got worse, Bitcoin would recover more and all the smaller projects would die off, right? But what we've seen is with each cycle, because Bitcoin has not expanded as a payment system, it hasn't gained any more sort of real world traction, just more speculation. Uh, the market and the investment and the innovation stuff has just started flowing around it. So now, yeah, even getting Bitcoin over 50%, again, we might, we might see a huge crash from here and suddenly everybody's going to pile back into Bitcoin and that will save the day. But I don't think that's likely. I think we've already seen huge drawdowns and this is the this is prime time. This is when like the dominance did go up a bit. It went from 40% up to 48%, right? So it was starting that kind of move, but it died off and now it's actually reversed. It's back to 43%. And interestingly, in the past, one of the classic beneficiaries of this uh, has also been Ethereum, right? So Bitcoin, the, when Bitcoin was at those lows near... Uh, 33 or, or in the in the 30s percentage it was because ethereum was at all-time highs in the crypto market and then you get that dynamic of is ethereum going to flip in btc that that starts up as the the hype but that's that's not happening this time either uh ethereum is barely over 14 percent because they've got their own problems they've got their own scaling issues their own fees the merge has been delayed for the last five years everybody's kind of like what are you guys doing proof of stake is sort of convincing to those who are already convinced kind of thing i don't know that it's really bringing in anybody new who who was unconvinced before necessarily there's so many more competitors to it than ever before so really it's just this story that to me the the market is is diversifying out and if you just go on the next slide yet i've got a i did got the same chart but as a stacked chart so obviously all the percentages add up to 100 no matter what the breakdown is and on this chart you can really see how the white segment at the bottom which is everything outside the top 10 has just been consistently just gaining ground so that's not to say of course some coins have flourished and some have died in that uh bottom you know 90 or the rest of the market but that percentage is growing and it's becoming more resilient in each bear market and in a bear market now the the winners are or at least proportionally the rest of the market doesn't die off compared to bdc and eth and at the same time in a bear market stable coins tend to do well because everybody's trying to or instead of rushing back into Bitcoin, which they used to do, now they rush into Tether or USDC. And so those ones uh, spike up proportionally as part of the part of the move. So I think I think we're just seeing it happen that the crypto market has moved away from Bitcoin and also sort of from Ethereum. In the like in the next cycle, I expect we'll see even weaker sort of consolidation from Bitcoin BDC and from Ethereum because more and more and more connections are being made across the whole spread of projects, right? Bitcoin Cash, uh, Avalanche, you know, Solana. It doesn't really matter. Pick your coin. The point is more and more people are working 
in those ecosystems that are basically split between a fiat and their sort of altcoin uh, such as it is ecosystem and are, and are routing around BDC and Ethereum and th- they're struggling to expand and capture any more market share and those real projects are more resilient in a in a downturn what do you think uh to be honest i wasn't really listening a whole lot i was just like looking at the chart i think the xrp is really interesting i feel like this tells a whole story about xrp along this chart because it was 2021 that the sec got involved right and then it just collapses into a dwindling nothing um yeah, I mean, this chart's a little bit, uh, a little bit hard because the the way it works is that they uh, always aggregate those others into the bottom ten, right? So, Bitcoin Cash in the past was a top ten coin, so it would have actually been uh, shown as its own, but it doesn't show the top ten at each individual time versus the rest. Once oh, something okay. falls out of the top ten, it becomes part of the rest kind of thing so that's it is it is a little bit confusing so is in that there, regard uh a time like i see the lines kind of match up uh like right before january 2014 kind of stack so this was when that was when July. just before yeah so this is when just for january 2014 that was right before mount gox blew up right so that was at the height of the 2013 bubble and bitcoin is at it's near maximum dominance, right? Near yeah. 95%. And then from there, you then have a, a long grinding bear market where the rest of the market makes up some ground. And then in about, you can see here, and this is in the middle of 2016, Ethereum really starts to make moves. And that's because the um, the block size war is, is heating up, right? That's in full swing. So Ethereum starts kind of grabbing a share of the pie uh, until things, you know, uh, kind of fall off a cliff a bunch there. And then in 2017, you get a bit of a bull market again, which is where BTC recovers some ground uh, and Ethereum also shrinks. Uh, again, that sort of flight to safety into into Bitcoin. But then in the next cycle, you, you have even more of the sort of other section of the market exploding in that uh, 2017 to 2021 uh, window. And then obviously since 21, we've, we've come into a bit of a bear market. And so Ethereum has held up better. Bitcoin has held up worse than ever, relatively. And uh, stable coins are coming into the picture as well as the, the rest of the market just holding up, right? So that's kind of been the story. And I just want to point this out to Lucy. I think this is a big phase shift in this next because the seeds that are getting sown today will be the fruits of tomorrow right so all of those small projects or smaller communities like the bitcoin cash community which are working away they're grinding away etc etc once things come back around to good they're going to kick off they're going to be whatever survives the wreckage is going to be ready to go it's not like everybody gave up on all their projects like the 2017 ICOs or the 2013 you know gambling projects or whatever like there's enough things in the market that can survive through a cycle and therefore will will grow and become bigger and bigger competitors and at some point we're going to see 
serious challenges for the top couple spots, right? Bitcoin and, and Ethereum are going to be more under pressure at the moment. Most of those largest projects are um, stable coins, basically, or exchange tokens. But some other genuine sort of genuine in quotation marks crypto projects like BCH or even like Avalanche or Solana or Cardano or something are eventually going to hit on enough momentum that that they're going to start scrapping it out at the top of the leaderboard. At least that's what it feels like to me. I have two questions. Yeah. The first one is, does the yellow line in the timeline below the chart, does that indicate anything? Uh, I guess this is, I think this is just the Bitcoin dominance, I think. Because oh, you can see it sort yep. of collapsing okay, and then sense. recovering. Yep. Yeah. Okay. And then, yeah, that lines up. Yeah, okay. Um, and the other question is, can you change the coins in the key? Well, no, it's the not on this uh, on this graph. I don't know. Maybe there's another. This is from Coin Market Cap, but there's okay. probably other places you can look it up and and fiddle around with it and switch it on or off. Because yeah, it would be really interesting to see. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like I said, they just give you the top ten, and then everything else goes into others. Is XRP still top ten? Yeah. Well, according to this, one, two, three, four, five, six. Apparently, it's seventh. So <laughs> I don't know. We can look it up it up and find out right now <laughs> that's wild it is yeah it's seventh at 33 cents and 15 billion i don't uh, see anyone cap. on like twitter like i remember i used to see so many xrp shills and i'd xrp army and i don't see anyone in that group anymore i don't know i get well it's i think it, it just comes back to a lot of that whole how do you judge a crypto? Like we use market cap, but it's such a dodgy metric. Maybe there's just only 1% circulating supply. Didn't that main guy hold a whole load of it? And so maybe there was only a few coins circulating around. So even after everybody dumped out, he still was able to prop up the price somehow. Yeah, it was like, I think Ripple, the company had the largest, because it, there was no mind to it, right? Like they just made it and then they gave it out. Yeah. Um, and I remember back in like 2017, even people being like, don't use Ripple because they can dump on you or don't use XRP because Ripple can dump on you. Uh, yeah. So I don't know how much has changed in that time, but <laughs> I imagine it's still the same. Yeah. Well, they're, they're still, still in there in the top 10. We definitely got, got some work to do to get back in there in the top 10. But I think those, uh, yeah, what, just basically what I'm saying is over the next couple of years, especially as this market grinds out i think people should be paying attention to all the other all the other uh, projects like monero has been doing uh, really well recently for instance uh litecoin made the first innovation in the history of their coin basically by adding mimble uh mimble wimble or whatever it's called uh so at least you know think things are kind of happening right i don't think that BTC and Ethereum can afford to sit around on their laurels anymore because that's the the fact of crypto. It's brutal free market, absolutely brutal. Yeah, there's not that much regulation going on. Yes, everybody's out for themselves. Yes, there's scams and people going bust and all this kind of stuff. Uh, if you can get DDoS, you probably will. If your chain can get 51% attacked or you know whatever, somebody's going to do it. 
there's enough money and there's enough players that any any weakness does tend to get exploited and if you're if you're out of there if you lose the the faith of the crowd all your investors just ditch out of there because there's a million other options so truly is a a, a brutal uh, only the only the fittest survive uh that that much is for sure which is another reason that i highly prioritize the fact that bch is very resilient i think that's super important but obviously a lot of other people value hype more than that but as time goes on the that slow uh that slow progress gonna start snowballing as we saw with the listeners to the podcast i think so uh expecting good things there but yeah and just you've seen even uh but this is not a unique theory to me though i mean maybe in my embracing it it is but i've definitely seen commentary by especially the bdc people like why aren't all these other coins dying like they're feeling the pain of their number go up story evaporating and the price going down and they were rich and now they're you know have fun staying poor themselves and they're expecting everybody else to be crying out in even more pain and haha at least we told you so stupid shit coiners but that hasn't happened you know every bitcoin has dropped and everything else has dropped but maybe it hasn't even dropped as much or maybe it's just dropped the same amount roughly and those projects are still there and still going and that just puts the biggest uh, bone in their jaw it's uh, amazing you know biggest like uh what's what's the what's that phrase there's a phrase for that you know biggest toothpick or whatever anyway uh that's enough about that what, what do we got what's next uh oh yeah this is okay so here's this some, i thought was really uh, positive news when I saw this. this is super interesting so uh the title is bch is dominating on side shift so side shift is a website where you can go on and you can send in a crypto it's basically a crypto to crypto exchange but unlike uh, Coinbase or, you know, it doesn't have all these like rules and regulation because there is no fiat component. There's, it, it's very low friction. You don't need an account. You don't need anything. You just send in the crypto. And then once it's confirmed, because crypto is like that, once it's sent, it's sent uh, by and large, then, uh, then they just send you out the other crypto and they don't, as long as you give them an address, that you are going to send to and an address that you're going to get your other funds back on the other blockchain, it can just all work seamlessly, right? So uh, it's so it's called SideShift. It's actually really cool. I've, I've tried it a couple of times. I think the fees are a little bit high, but um, you know, it's a cool idea anyway. Uh, and I recommend people give even give it a go with a small amount to sort of see what does a crypto economy look like? It's, it's a classic example of how things operate if you just clear out all the fiat bullshit and regulation and whatever you just let it run in crypto land and it works super smooth super nice actually but they which i didn't know these companies sideshift they publish a weekly report of what has been going on on their site who has been swapping what coins for for what coins so i'm going to read a section from their latest one which was uh 14th to 20th of june quote BTC deposits were in full charge this week, representing a huge 45% or 3.46 million of weekly deposit volume. Bitcoin also proved to be the most sought after settle coin, accounting for 27%, 2.03 million of settle volume and edging out BCH 24% for first place. These deposits and settle totals are the highest volumes observed in the past five weeks for a single coin. 
from this deposited BTC, 49% or 1.7 million was shifted to BCH, which has now remained our most popular pair for the eighth consecutive week. An additional 34% of BTC deposits were shifted to USDT and USDC on the Ethereum network, end quote. So what, what that is saying is kind of as I was talking about before, 45% of all the money being sent in was sent in for, uh, was in BTC. And also it was the number one coin that people wanted to get back was also BTC, but at 27%. So people are sending in 45%, but they're only getting BTC back 27%. So this is playing into that theory of Bitcoin, even in a bull market, we should be seeing the opposite. We should see 20% of people sending in Bitcoin and 45% of people wanting Bitcoin back from their other coins, but it's flipped. Uh, It's actually more people are sending, getting rid of their Bitcoin than wanting to uh, receive it in crypto to crypto trades but even still it was still the number one most demanded but the second is not ethereum it's not binance smart chain it's not dogecoin or it's not whatever any of these coins that are high it's actually bch is the second most demanded coin that people want back out of their their shapeshift and critically so we said bdc was the most deposited but it was the most deposited and half of those deposits were going to BCH, right? Uh, half of the, what they were putting in was people wanted BCH back, which has been apparently the most popular trade on their website. You can trade, I don't know how many coins, like 30 coins or 50 coins uh, against in any combo. So it's a huge, you know, 50, 50 times. So it's a huge amount of different combos. But BTC... Uh, getting depositing BTC and settling in BCH has been the most popular pair for eight straight weeks, apparently, which is absolutely nuts because that's the obviously that's a very unique pair, right? Where people it is one to one, there's only 21 million BTC and 21 million BCH. There was the whole dynamics with the fork, uh, and there's the shared miners and everything. And the reality is, if there's a short squeeze of BCH the BDC people, not everyone can get out. They just can't. On any other coin, you could sort of dump it all the way down to zero. But that's not <laughs> that's not the case with BDC and and BCH. So I just this is fascinating. And the BCH rec, uh, ratio is close to the lows, right? It's basically at at an all time low. But at the same time, it's the if loads of people are switching from BDC into BCH, it's almost like the 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 bathtub, you know, plug has been opened and the first little bit of water is starting to escape out of there. The first people are starting to think, I need to get out of this, uh, get out of this coin or at least hedge my bets. So the most popular um, deposits are USDT, BDC, and ETH. So the the most the biggest coins are the ones people send in the most, but the ones they get out the most are USDT, BDC, and BCH. So apparently people don't want ETH out of their side shifts. They'd rather have, have BCH. And the, so further to add context to this, they had uh, their most popular integrations because obviously this service can be built into different wallets. Number two is the Bitcoin.com wallet, which goes some way to explaining these stats because 
people using the bitcoin.com wallet would on average be more interested in trading BDC and BCH and swapping them uh, back and forth specifically into BCH to spend it. Uh, but the number one integration is actually Trezor, who are a hardware wallet provider. So it's not guaranteed that this is exactly what's going on, but there's sort of circumstantial evidence that maybe some people in the BDC community are thinking, you know what, let me just take 1% or 2% of my cold storage stash and flip it into BCH. The ratio is amazingly good. My downside is is limited. And in the case of a flipping or a sudden reversal, I'm, I'm still sitting pretty. I'm not going to be the last one left, you know, when the music stops. So that's just, that's just my take. What did, what did, what did you make of this? Uh, I feel like these are amounts of money where it's like, well, okay. So here's, here's a question. Do you think that all these shifts, like, especially the, the three in the row there that are all 1.95, 1.97, do you think that's all the same person or do you think? Well, these, yeah, I mean, these, these, these shifts is obviously just a tiny fraction of what's going on. I just have a screenshot because I happen to. Uh, look at side shift and they show their most recent shift so i had a look at it one day and there was somebody shifted 1.9 uh bdc into about 350 bch and there was about three of those in a row and i can believe that it's the same person right there's somebody here who had you know nearly six bitcoin they had whatever 150 grand and they thought of their stash right which is <laughs> maybe they've got 100 bitcoin right and they thought, look, let me just take five and flip it into BCH, get out my, you know, massively increased loot, my thousand yeah. uh, BCH or whatever, and just may, may, maybe somebody just saw the, they they just can see the the cracks starting to appear, right? Yeah, and it seems pretty simple if you think about like the upside. Oh, okay, like the chance of BCH going that much lower is like without a quick recovery i think at this point is pretty low uh i can triple my my coin volume or whatever like even at this super low percentage like let's say he does only hold 100 btc right and then he takes uh six bch or six btc throws it into a thousand bch like yeah like that's like that yeah it seems like very simple like if i were in his position taking a look at things i'd be like oh okay because i can use this one too uh i want to take a holiday in saint kitts or something like what if it's just someone's vacation fund like even then that'd be sick i no i, I have no idea what the hell's going on but it seems like a simple choice to me obviously biased but but is this and i mean this is this is just sort of this one uh example but i think it's it just amazes me that bdc into bch is the most popular but the number one how it's not like it could be bdc to eth it could be eth to bdc it could be bdc to usdt it could be usdt to eth it could be any of those bigger it could be one of the binance coins which supposedly have so much activity or so much um ranking but the thing about side shift is that it's a very it's you know, it's crypto to crypto and it's all non-custodial as well. So it's like the actual people using crypto. It's not 
it is speculating, obviously it's swapping coins for coins, but it's not on a centralized exchange. And that seems to impact the, the user base, right? Monero is very heavily represented when you look on SideShift uh, stuff. BCH is very well represented. You know, a lot of the other stuff, you know, Cardano, almost nowhere. Uh, Solana, kind of pretty fringe. AVAX, a bit more fringe as well too. You know, but BDC, BCH, Ethereum, Monero, Litecoin, even some of the time, Dogecoin, some of the time, the actual tradable, mostly proof of work networks are the ones that people use on this kind of service, right? Yeah. I think, well, knowing also that Andreas runs it, like I think he's been in the space forever. Most of the people using the service, I expect, are probably people that have been in the space for, you know, since at least 2017. Yeah, yeah, true. Andreas Branken, who's the CEO, I don't know anything more about him. I just oh, he runs shitcoin.com. Uh, he, uh, he, he, he's a big fan of not taking himself seriously, uh, and he seems to be a phenomenal programmer too. From you know the interactions that I've had with him. So there you go, there you go. Well, shout out to him, I guess. And uh, yeah, I love that he's producing these uh, side shift reports. Will we? I'll be keeping an eye on this. We'll see. Going forward, next week, the week after, the week after. How long can this streak go on? Eight, eight weeks in a row. BDC into BCH. Because if that, if that, that trend can't go on indefinitely. Well, it can, but it has to. There's a point at which it just bottoms out the ratio, right? If it just keeps being people dumping BDC to BCH, that just eventually the ratio starts going back up there's there's no other way around it um and because that's independent of the price crashing on one or both coins in fiat terms you know there's it's got a bottom because we we're gonna see a bottom i don't know where it is it could be 200 to one it could be 250 to one it could be 301 i don't know where it's going to be but there is going to be a bottom uh i'm going to be here for it that's the, that's the best thing about it um and and then once it starts going up, the the narrative is broken, right? And and uh, it'll be a new era. But anyway, don't know. But uh, we'll keep an eye on that story. Next thing, general protocols have released oracles dot cash. So when I was saying where are the apps, I mean shout out to general protocols. They're getting it done, delivering results. So this is beautiful, immutable, verifiable price oracles. So what that means basically is uh, something that uh, people uh, apps can plug into and check the price of the US dollar, the yuan, the rupee, gold, silver, Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Dogecoin were their initially supported assets. And you can guaranteed get a cryptographically signed uh, read of what the, what the price feed is to integrate into your app. So the this is really important because it's the precursor to the any hedge stable coin kind of contracts that we talked about uh on this show last week we've talked about it a few times it's been a long time in the making but it seems like you know we're starting to get some actual delivery here uh and that would be a huge boon if you can just swap decentralized no counterparties into uh any of these assets or you can lock your value a hundred dollars of bch into the same ratio of bitcoin or ethereum or us dollars that would be mega that would be kind of interesting actually if people can hold bch 
but lock it in the same ratio against BTC. Kind of an interesting concept, actually, uh, especially with what we we're just talking about with with Sidechip. So yeah, shout out to General Protocols. They they're getting work done there, and uh, yeah, I saw somebody made a comment like price is dropping and every other crypto is sort of in disarray and complaining and whining well the bitcoin cash community just still releasing tech you know building utility so you love to see it um any any thoughts on this one did you ever use uh d token yeah i did actually yeah yeah a couple times yeah was like that the proof of concept right because you wouldn't sell your BCH, but like, let's say you thought the price was going to go down, you could lock in that US value and either gain BCH or if the price goes up, lose BCH. Uh, I mean, D-token yeah, so D token was a, that's right. So D token was the, was a front end for the any hedge contracts, like the beta versions, I guess, of the any hedge contract. So this I, th- I think the point was basically that in that original version, because they didn't have this, I think it was all kind of like being tested and maybe it was just run internally in terms of having the Oracle and stuff. But now this is, this is public. So now the theory is that they're eventually going to make the pieces that they, they general protocols will be making uh, sort of integrations in their own like wallets and stuff, I believe. But now that they're getting to the stage where they've checked that those pieces worked internally, they're starting to roll them out publicly so that then CoinFlex could also offer the same product uh, by building their own integration or putting it in with their other stuff or the Bitcoin.com wallet or the Paytaka wallet or any of these other uh, maybe smart BCH-based stuff could do something with this. I don't know. But uh, I think that's the difference. I don't really know what happened with D token, I don't really know why they shut that down. I think that was developed by some partners and maybe things didn't go well there from a commercial uh, relationship uh, point of view. So we'll wait and see what the upcoming, um, you know, front end releases uh, look like. But at the very, at, at the very least, it's getting to the point where things are being released for public access. So exciting. Yeah, and another thing we'll be keeping an eye. I mean, just the final point on all this really is that this might sound like a bit of a nothing burger. You know, where's everybody celebrating and stuff? You've got a price oracle, great. But the the key, the point is that give this another year or another two years, just like we've been saying for a year. Give it another little while, and then once you have all these pieces and you have the working products and everything like that, the ecosystem builds around it, and Another coin that wants to copy any of this stuff is like years and years and years behind, basically. The Bitcoin BDC community can't just tomorrow say, okay, now you guys have got this locked stable coins in your wallets or anything. They're five steps behind. They're behind on the wallet integration. They're behind on having the price oracle. They're behind on having the on-chain scripting capability that, you know, and just all those things, just it's just edging further and further and further in front uh, to something that when people say, oh, but can't BDC just raise the block size? That's not going to be enough. Well, they're not going to do it in the first place. But even if they did, that's like step one of five or 10. And as the BCH community keeps just building ahead, 
it becomes more and more obvious for people to defect on side shift instead of uh in you know while we've got the momentum rolling while you're just getting it's like the hair and the tortoise you're just getting further and further ahead while they're asleep uh so that's that's kind of the way the way the ecosystem operates so anyway uh good good work we want to see yeah that's a good uh, nice positive release okay community comment of the week <laughs> this one's a funny one this one comes from apexio who is the only person to have commented on chartable which is a website that tracks podcast stats and i looked at it for the first time in forever maybe the first time ever uh and the bitcoin cash podcast has exactly one comment from apexio who said they gave us a three-star rating and said episodes are way too long. Edit these down to 20 minutes each. And to that, the answer is no. We're not going to do that. So tough luck. Find another podcast. And if you don't like long podcasts, I think you just don't like podcasts because that's kind of the beauty of the format, right? That you can you it's it's it, you can get in the weeds, right? It's not like a if you want a CNBC segment, there's CNBC. And they'll tell you that inflation is Putin's fault. We know? also just did a three-hour episode, and people were like, "Go for longer." Like, people loved it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Josh Ellisthorpe. I think I think he I think he he carried a lot of that episode though. People really liked getting his uh, insights and opinions, and we had a lot of quality topics. I mean, we're not going to just ramble on forever if we don't. You know, I'm not going to pat out this show with random bullshit either. But on the other hand, about yeah you know it's the show started out being more like 90 minutes and it's now closer on average to two hours the two two and a half hour range uh and yeah went up to three for good topics so maybe as the scene grows and there's more to talk about and, and whatever maybe it will just get longer i don't know but it will be the length of do 24 7 <laughs> stream. radio station yeah. yeah maybe we'll get there eventually i don't know one, one step at a time but i i mean i do take the point that there could be uh, and I have like Satoshi's Angels does those weekly updates where it says, okay, look, here's five things that happened in BCH this week and you can just scan it in 20 seconds. Or I could see a version of B like um, Pomp does his daily five minute update or whatever on crypto. I could see a Bitcoin Cash. Well, we have BCH clips, but that's that's kind of a different thing. I don't know. I could see a version of, jeremy's 10 minute thoughts before breakfast but it probably needs to get to the point where i'm able to work on this podcast full time before i'm able to do that so it is how it is if you want this 20 minute edited episode do it yourself mate because all the podcasts are there so why don't you start that service you have my permission all right <clears throat> meme of the week comes from big last week it was bitcoin jason this week is bitcoin jason's daughter who saw that he was on slash r slash btc the infamous bch reddit uh section and uh drew him the bitcoin wizard so i just thought this was super cute and for anybody who goes on r btc you'll see there is this poorly drawn paint wizard uh that says join us and magic internet money on it and this is just an all-time classic of, of bitcoin history which was it was drawn in like 2013 i think or 2000 early 2014 and it said you know the, it was the just the magic internet money bitcoin wizard and somebody uh drew it and 
uh, put it on, I don't somehow or another it got like posted in there and somebody thought this is hilarious and they put it as the as the sidebar image and then everybody loved it. Everybody instantly was like, this is the best. <laughs> and so then I think some people paid to run it as an ad on Reddit and just people started flooding into our Bitcoin. This is when our Bitcoin was small, right? You know, uh, 50,000 subs or something like that. And this was just the magic formula of that perfect level of internet humor or just it's kind of quirky, but also kind of engaging or just some guy drew it on his paint and that's what made it so authentic. Uh, so anyway, people started flooding in and then I think they took some donations uh, to run more ads, which Thamos took and he then scammed from the community, at least as far as I can remember. So pretty typical uh, scam happening there. But anyway, uh, our BTC did not have the wizard. So about you know a few months ago i actually asked the mods a couple times hey can we put the the wizard back in there and anyway it's back in there now and now our bitcoin doesn't have it so we've got the wizard and they don't have the wizard and i think that's important because it means when uh bitcoin ogs start thinking wait is bitcoin cash still alive what's going on there if they come if they see that on the subreddit they'll know this is the it's signaling right so it's very important that we have that wizard and obviously uh yeah bitcoin jason's daughter was also getting a bit inspired because she drew a nice uh line art of uh of it as well too so really cute there she got uh chain tipped a bunch as well too people sent us some bch so that that's is also sick. good to see yeah it's pretty amazing uh the world we live in now sending sending money over the internet who would have thought and message to the community do you have a message to the community mate Don't give me that. No, you got it. what? What? What do people need to hear? Tell Tell a story or tell what? What? What's going on with you these days? <sighs> Man, not a whole lot. I'm excited for the Bitcoin Cash conference. I think everyone needs to simmer down. Like the market, yeah, the market's bad, but like I don't know. I feel like <laughs> since. I was on the pod, like even before the podcast, like if anyone had followed my tweets, they'd, they'd known that like, I'm not interested in, in, uh, a whole lot of market talk, especially people that are like, Oh, all my money's gone. I need this money immediately. Like people have been saying, don't, you know, don't put in more than you can afford to lose. So shut up and listen next time. Maybe, uh, quit your bitching, like enjoy the ride. If you have any kind of like faith or commitment, you don't even need the faith to the the coin uh, or not even the coin, but like to other people. If you think you're working towards something that's good, then what is there to worry about? Keep working on it and you're good to go. Like I, I don't feel any kind of pressure about this market downturn. So it's disappointing that all of the crypto chats are completely uh, overtaken by it right now. Um we're going to have fun come November. So, like, just wait it out. I'll see you then. Yeah, that's it. I'm, I, I got to echo that. I'm really, really, really looking forward to this uh, conference. I think it's going to be amazing to get a bunch of people together in the same place. And I think if, if it is as good as it, uh, you know, purports to be that on the ground in St. Martin, they have a bunch of local vendors accepting it and something. I can really see that we we can put there's a huge potential to have a very special moment there where that local community, which has had evangelists there, they've been saying, look, here's Bitcoin Cash, 
here's the stickers, here's how it works. They've been showing people, they've been getting it in the sort of zeitgeist of the local population. And there's a bit of trading going on and people are thinking, okay, you know, this is kind of cool, but we got, we got that, that running. And then if you just inject a huge like tourism boost for a whole bunch of people come there, that does two things. Firstly, it will make the locals super hyped if they see, wow, suddenly our business just exploded. All these people came here for this because we were the place in the world doing it. And then that introduces all those coins that will then circulate in the local economy, right? Because then all those places getting paid will realize, oh, but then we can pay our mate in, in BCA. And that's how, it, that's how it starts. But it will also have the same effect from the tourism perspective that if it is super awesome and cool everybody that goes there will be like this was amazing and they'll redouble their efforts on whatever they were hustling away on they'll go back home to their country and people will say what were you doing on holiday you said i went to this island and just everybody there transacted bitcoin cash i didn't use fiat currency at all crypto is happening it's for real and you'll get of course the social media echo of just suddenly everybody posting like wow it's kicking off because that's what we've been wanting to see and I called it out when it happened at the 2021 and 2022, the BTC conference in Miami, there wasn't, there wasn't all that much people trading Bitcoin. It was like the people were posting it. The vendors don't accept Bitcoin and people were yammering on about the lightning network when it wasn't like, are people just using it? Is it just becoming a fact of life? And the answer seemed to be, yeah like yeah it's not really happening it's it's just it's a like cash out being the sponsor was the proof in the pudding right why do you need a a transfer payments if it had been a bitcoin wallet sponsoring it maybe but it was like a a payment solution was sponsoring the conference for a payment solution that doesn't even make any sense so yeah i'm super i'm super hyped um really really looking forward to that and uh, yeah, we're going to be going to be trying to get some streams and some content going from there too, yeah, so I that wanna, anybody who can't go can get involved for sure. Yeah, I want to try and record as much of it as I can, uh, just for my own use. Like, I'm not on any social media anymore, but I'm sure I can like convince a friend to post it and tag some local MPs and be like, "Look at you know what someone from St. John is doing in this area. Like, why can't we have that here? We're a port yeah. city. We have massive cruise ships come in." like for four months of the year if those tourists can use a currency that doesn't consider the nationality then that would be fantastic for us yeah yeah exactly so it's going to be up to us to prove that bitcoin cash is is alive and well and i don't know it seems like the groundwork that i'm yeah i'm i'm mega excited let's see what's now june july august september october November. so yeah it's under six months um Till till then, so <laughs> just gotta just gotta hold on. And just because it's been so long since everybody has done stuff in person too, travel has been off the agenda for loads of people. There's been hassle, you know. I know people are traveling around and doing that sort of stuff now, but I haven't really gone anywhere. So I'm looking forward to it from that point of view. It'll be near the end of the year, so everybody can be taking a break, winding down, kind of heading into Christmas. It's yeah, it sounds. Uh, Sounds amazing. So yeah, we're looking forward to that, and hopefully everybody can. Big shout out to the uh, website as well. Uh, uh, Mark Falzoni recently uh, released the 
the website for it. I'm just trying to pull it up here. What is it called? It was called Peer X Peer, I think, or something. I yeah. don't even know the website. People look released. up. Dude, have a look at this. It's called PXP. So Peer, P W E R X. Post it in the Twitch. Peer. Yeah. PeerXPeer.com. Like peer to peer, but with an X instead of the two. Have a look at that. Uh, Mark Valzon. You can buy your tickets there. He's got some information uh, about how it all works. St. Saint, Saint Martin, how to get accommodation, what to do, etc. Dude. Take a, take a look at that. I got it's a slick it, looking website. I'll tell you this after the stream, but we're if if I manage to get to this, we're gonna have a blast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're we're gonna make it happen, dude. I'm I'm looking forward to it. All right, cool. Well, that's it for message to the community. Get fired up about the end of the year, and uh, yeah, keep if you've got the faith, just keep grinding, keep working on your project because it's all gonna it's all gonna come good. The podcast is growing fast, so. If you're not convinced that BCH is going to be here, well, just go on BitcoinCashPodcast.com slash stats. You can see the podcast is popping off. So <laughs> clearly somebody's enjoying this show. <laughs> all right. Uh, thank you to all the donators, uh, as always. Um, also, yeah, check out the Odyssey, Rumble, BitChute, all these other platforms. Just want to have a backup in case YouTube ever gets salty and bans us for some reason. Um, definitely want to spread out the risk there as well. Uh, thanks to my patron, uh, Ricky, and yeah, shout outs for the show. Do you have a, a shout out you want to give? I don't think so this week. All right, not this week. And uh, my shout out goes to Ryan Giffen and also to Fiendish Crypto for hyping, hyping things up to get us over the line on 1,000 subs. That was absolutely amazing. And there's nothing like heartfelt sort of word of mouth to... Uh, really helps something go viral i mean obviously if we're out there promoting the show it's like we're just bigging up ourselves uh and people can kind of sense that right so having that validation from the community that everybody's been enjoying the show and uh listening along and and really getting some value out of it has just been amazing so that'll do it for today until next time ever known the rise and rise of bitcoin 2022 a single chance for the world a single moment in time bankers captures all our cryptocurrency flies gets to decide phoenix fly from the flame bitcoin bch forever changing the game an underdog story everyone trying to deny bitcoin revolution crypto trade on the rise then they stole our brand name and tried to push us aside because they said it was over that we'd never survive maybe there was a world that was the end of the ride but this kind of hero's journey is refusing to die so we picked up the shovels and headed back to the mine started over from scratch finding fresh dynamite flipping over the board drew up fresh battle lines set the difficulty right and forked a couple more times budgets got slashed with prices on the decline while the faithless gave up but the project survived an unstoppable will kept the blockchain alive and community grit simply arrested the slide suffered plenty of hate from doubters on the sidelines drew on passionate drive where strength comes from inside so this is your notice written down in these rhymes you can stick with your banks or you can move with the times join us now or later on because i really don't mind if you can't see it happening must be my optically blind 
money melts, that's infinite supply. So we're going to rule that's cryptographically signed. Fuck your institution banks, we'll fund it all on our dime. It's not a matter of price, it's just a matter of...